Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled Generosity Done Right. This message, as well as the one follows, will explore how generosity fits into the life of a Christian. The text for this message can be found in Acts chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, please open them to Acts chapter 4 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. Family, I first want to start us off with giving us a definition for generosity, for giving us an understanding of what it means to be generous. And generosity defined is the spirit and action of uh, the spirit and action of freely and frequently giving to others. It's an overall spirit of kindness. One definition I found this this really began to minister to my soul. It is a freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character. It's a freedom from being mean, M-E-A-N, meanness or smallness of mind or character. So it's the spirit and action of freely and frequently giving to others. It is consistent acts of kindness that flows from a spirit of kindness. And this, my brothers and sisters, is a major theme in Scripture that is from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. We were called to be stewards, which means that nothing is our own. Everything belongs to God. In Psalm 24, it starts off with saying that the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to God. He's the sovereign, supreme ruler of the entire universe. Each and everything that is consisting in the universe, God is the chief authority. He's the supreme ruler over. He's the only wise, eternal king. And that is a major central theme of all of scripture that from the very beginning, God called us into service to be in fellowship with him. He fashioned us in his image and likeness so we would be in fellowship with him and that we would be good stewards over the blessings that he provided us with. If you remember, for those that you were here during this time, Rebuild Family, if you remember when we walked through Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. In that, specifically in chapter 8 on stewardship, he said, we don't own anything. God owns everything and we are his managers. So again, he's pointing us to understand what it means to be good stewards. Those who, who are entrusted with the blessings of God and we don't hoard them for ourselves. We offer them back up to God for his service and say, God, you're the, you're, you're the creator. You're the founder. You're the, you're the wisdom. You're the truth. You're the light on what we have and how you have caused my life to be. And God, so in full surrender and service to you, God, how do you want me to use what you have blessed me with to be a blessing to others? How do you want me to leverage my blessings for the benefit and blessings of others? And Rebuild Family, if we can just begin to understand the Abrahamic Covenant, when we begin to understand the Abrahamic Covenant, we learn that everything we have been given is intended to be a blessing to the world and those around us as well. We are blessed to be a blessing and we receive the benefits of that blessing, but the intention for that, for us to be blessed, is to go and be a blessing. We're supposed to 
pass it along. Again, vessels of grace that the Lord pours his blessings into and then we in turn go and be a blessing and pour those blessings into the lives of others, right? And so Donald Whitney in that book, as he presented this to us, this understanding and this teaching, he also was calling us to think about this. For our understanding, he wants us to pause and to reflect on, on what he brought to us in that chapter. And he says, so the question is not how much money, of, excuse me, how much of my money should I give to God, but rather how much of God's money should I keep for myself? Do you hear the, do you hear the change there? It's not how much of my money should I give to God, but rather how much of God's money should I keep for myself? One thing I've learned looking at children, especially, I used to be one of them myself, but looking at children as I looked at my own children and when they became adults and now our oldest who has given us grandchildren, I look at them and I know there are certain words that I never had to teach my children, never had to teach my grandchildren. I never had to teach them no, and I never had to teach them mine. Mine, mine, it would easy be able to, I don't know, it's, it's, it's because of our sinful nature that causes us to focus on ourselves, our kingdom. You heard me say this, the kingdom of Mises. I've never had to tell my grandchildren, whenever we bought them a toy or whatever, or even gotten them something to eat, especially them, them french fries. If you know about my beloved grandson, Keith, you know not to mess with his Bojangles seasoned fries. Don't judge us. I'm just telling you, you love Bojangles Seasons Fries like we all love Bojangles Seasons Fries. And he will be quick to tell you that these are mine. Because of the fall of man, we became very selfish or very self-centered. But when we got saved, we were born again and we were blessed with a new spirit that gives us a new mind. So we are now transformed by the renewing of our minds as we present ourselves in full service to God, as we fully surrender. And so now we don't say mine, we say thine. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. We remove the mind and we say thine. The Apostle Paul would teach us this in Philippians. He would say, look not solely to your own interests, but more so look to the interests of others. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who did not consider himself uh, uh, equal with God, but he rather took on the form of a bondservant coming in the likeness of men and he became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross, so that at his beautiful, his powerful, his everlasting and ever loving name, that every knee on the earth, in the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the mindset that the Apostle Paul became renewed to, and that's the mindset that he's calling us the Lord, that is, is calling us to be renewed to as well. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. And in all areas of my life, and specifically as we look at this from a financial standpoint, financial stewardship, the question is not how much of my money should I give to God, but rather how much of God's money should I keep for myself? I love what uh, Adrian Rogers has said about this. He said, you can sing all you want about how you love Jesus, he said, you can have crocodile tears in your eyes, but the consecration that does not reach your purse 
has not reached your heart. You hear that? Let me, let me read it again. You can sing all you want about how you love Jesus. You can have crocodile tears in your eyes. But the consecration that doesn't reach your purse has not reached your heart. So what is he saying out of this? What he's saying that every area of our lives are to be in full service to King Jesus. And we are to lean into our relationship with him and we are to ask him according to Proverbs 3. And you should take a moment at some point later on today and you should read Proverbs chapter 3. But in that he says that we should trust in the Lord with all our heart, mind and soul. And lean not to our own understanding and all that way is acknowledge him and he will make straight our paths. And so he knows what's best for us because he is our provider. And if you can just, just rewind the tape just a little bit, you know God has never failed you in his provision. He's always made sure that you never lacked, that you had exactly what you needed to live this life. Because he said in his word, he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so here's what I wanna do today. For the remaining part of our time this morning, I wanna give us four points of consideration on what can go right when generosity takes residence in the hearts and minds of his people. I want to present us with four points of consideration, four things to consider of what goes right when generosity takes residence in the hearts and minds of disciples of Jesus Christ. Here's the first thing I want to point us to. The first thing, it exalts Christ Jesus. When generosity is going right in the body of Christ, when generosity is going right in the hearts and minds of his people, when generosity is deeply rooted and central to the heart and mind of vessels of grace in service to the Lord Jesus Christ, it exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. Pick me up in verse 32 of Acts chapter 4. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own but they had everything in common. Now let's move into 33. With great power, the apostles, what were they doing? They were giving their testimony. Testimony is another way of understanding how to exalt King Jesus. I am telling of his wondrous works. I'm letting people know that it's not by work that I can boast. It's not by my works that I can boast. It is his grace through faith in him that has brought me to this right relationship with him, that has given me this everlasting life, that has provided me a place to receive and be overwhelmed and enamored and in full adoration of his steadfast love for each and every one of us. They were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them. One way to exalt the Lord Jesus is to tell of all the great and marvelous and wonderful things that he has done and continues to do in his life. So here's an action step right now since we're online family. Let's go back a little old school. Would you can you just put in the chat right now tell of some of the wondrous works in, in that God has done in your life right now. You can say, hey, God provided me with a new car. God provided me with a new job. God kept me sane on my job. God blessed me to be healed. Whatever it is, God, what, you begin to listen. No matter how small or how big and everything in between, would you begin to fill up the chat right now and begin to 
tell of the testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you tell about how he came up from the grave? Will you tell that living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified, freed me forever? Oh, what a wonderful, glorious day when the Lord comes back again. Would you begin to tell of the testimony of your great and mighty God right now? We're exalting the Lord together. Oh, magnify the name of the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name to ev forever in Jesus' name. So exalt simply means to hold someone or something in very high regard or to raise to a higher rank or position of greater power. Let me read that again so you understand it. To exalt means simply to hold someone or something in very high regard or to raise to a higher rank or position position of greater power. It's time, my brothers and sisters, it's been past time for us to hold the Lord Jesus in very high regard, to raise him to the proper position in our lives as the chief authority, as Lord God strong and mighty, as the one who is the supreme ruler of our lives and of our souls, the true lover of our souls. It's time we hold him in that high regard, just as he wants us to do for his bride known as the church. It's time we hold the church as something that is very precious, that's very dear, that is to be held in high regard as we discussed earlier from a message previously on last month. So family, this is the time and the season where we're exalting the goodness and greatness of our God. Let me bring us back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, or some translations say, in view of God's mercy, that you present yourself as a living sacrifice, as you recognize this great mercy that forged this relationship with us. Mercy said no. Mercy said uh, from the Lord Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Allow me, Father, I will take on full payment. I'll pay their debt in full. I'll take on your full wrath so they, so now we can now have a, a forging of a relationship. I can be the, the true bridge that will bring them over the murky, miry waters of sin and death and lead them over into the promised land of your presence where there's only fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Can somebody thank God right now? Hold him in high regard and to esteem him higher for the salvation that was gifted to you. That was gifted to you. And we as Christians, as one author says it, we are to be mercy moved, mercy carried, mercy shaped people. Dr. Piper, we're going to say we live by mercy and we minister by mercy. All of us need mercy and when we get it, we share it. We are sinners justified by grace. We have our life because of mercy and we live by mercy. Mercy said no. God, because Ephesians 2, God, because he was rich in mercy for the surpassing love that he had with us, he made us alive with Christ Jesus. He was so generous, so generous that he freed us from the bondage of sin and death. And how should we respond? We should respond by exalting him and going to testify of his goodness to others so they can experience his generous gift of mercy as well. 
So when we are living sacrifice, when we are vessels of grace with, with one display of that being generosity in our lives, we hold Christ and his salvation in very high regard and we position him to the higher rank and the truest rank in his life, a provider, Lord, and savior in our lives. Another leader also said it this way. He said, giving is the true barometer of love. Giving is the true barometer of love. God the Father gave his only begotten son so that you and I could be freed from the penalty of sin, which is death. The Father's gift to us was his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is still the gift that continues to give and to give and to give and to give, and it was, and it is still the barometer of love. And it's the true gold standard of generosity. And that love was and still is available for all of mankind. Our God is generous and he expects and he has graced us to follow his example by being generous as well and model that message to a lost, broken and dying world around us. And let's be honest, family, you can't outgive God. None of us can outgive God. The one who gave his only begotten son and what his son did for us on Calvary's cross and when he came up out of that grave and he, when he came up out of that empty tomb, it was clear, it was clear that there was no way that we could pay back that kind of love that was bestowed upon us. Love what Pastor Spurgeon says. He says, even if I give the whole of my worth to him, he will find a way to give back to me much more than I gave. No matter what, listen, try this out. I want you to do this week. This just came to my mind. Try this out right now. Try this out. Try this week. Try this week to outgive God. Try it. In any area of life, at any time of your day, throughout the remainder of this week, should the Lord tarry, try to outgive God. Try to outgive God this coming week. Here's another challenge. We had the grumbling challenge on last week. We'll have the generosity challenge this week, but specifically with God. Have a competition with God and try to outgive him. Hearken your voice to him and see if you can outgive God this week. You try it and see what happens. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us on our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message, which has been titled, Generosity Done Right.